đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you Welcome to this week episode of Team Cat Home My Radio today. Happy Friday everyone. Hope you guys are having a great day and hopefully you guys are having a a great September. It's almost October guys and you know what tomorrow is? You guessed it. October first. Not just not just October was about to head off to Halloween. It's about the communist parties. Well, Overwhelming takeover of China, 1949, a bloody takeover, <laughs> and and also the celebration burying and protest, which we'll be talking about as well. But let's get into what we're going to be talking about. And I'm starting off pretty early, around 7:50 something, 59:58. So why not? <laughs> so right now it's 8 o'clock. I guess on my. F- is different and my phone is a little different timing but let's get to what we're gonna let's get let's get into it so we talked about japan um japanese former prime minister um, assassination before and we're going back to talk about it now japan's honor assassinated former leader shizu abe with the controversial state funeral his funeral is a bit uh controversial at least for some people japanese and foreign dignitaries Pay tribute to assassinated former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe at a state funeral on Tuesday that drew both mourners and protesters to central Tokyo. Prime Minister Fumio Kishida described the formula as a pe- person's of courage and a, and a eulogy, listing his achievements, accruing efforts to straighten Japan, Japan's diplomatic ties. <sighs> I feel heartbreaking grief, Kishida said as he faced a full. Fo- uh, f- a photograph of Abe that was hung above a grand floral structure used to display his ashes, medals, and a Japanese flag. The decorated boxes, box of ashes had been carried by his widow Aki into Tokyo's storied um, Budokan venue where a 19-gun salute sounded in honor of the slain politician. Abe was Japan's longest-serving prime minister and one of the country's most recognizable political figures, known for cultivating international alliances and his economics economic strategy. Smart guy, of course. He in he in 2020 over recurring health problems, but remained a key political voice and campaigns for his ruling party when a lone gunman killed him with a homemade weapon on July 8th. The shooting went sent shockwaves through the country with a famously low gun crime and a prompt international condemnation. But the decision to give him a state funeral only seconds for a former premier in the post-war period has provoked opposition, with around 60% of Japanese against the event in recent polls. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris and world leaders including Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Australian Premier Anthony Albanese 
Albansi, Albanese, were among those in attendance at the Budokan. At the Budokan. Outside, thousands of people stood in line as the ashes arrived, waiting to deliver flowers and say a prayer into morning tents. Kojo Takamori came all the way from the northern Hokkaido with his, with his nine-year-old son. I want to thank him. He has done so much for Japan, the 46-year-old told AFP. The way he died was so shocking, to be honest. I can't, I also came because there has been so much opposition. It's almost like I'm here to oppose those who are opposed to this funeral, he added. Those opponents were also out, marching near the tents before a larger demonstration in front of the parliament. Those, those are people struggling financially who suffer particularly under the economics policies. We must not forget, not forget this. Um, Ryo, Ryo Machida, a 19-year-old student, said outside the Budokan. He may be a strong leader, but in his hindsight, he was an unfisted anti-democratic. <laughs> Abe accused killers target the former leader believing he has ties to the Unification Church, which the attackers resented over massive donations his murder had made to the sect. The assassination prompted fresh scrutiny of the of the church and its fundraising and uncomfortable and uncomfortable questions for Japan's political establishment, with the ruling party admitting that half of its lawmakers had links to the religious organization. Kishida has pledged to part with several all ties with the church, but the scandals helped fuel discontent over the f- over the state funeral. Thousands have protested in the run up to the ceremony, and a man set himself on fire last week. O- near the Prime Minister's office, leaving him expressing his objection to the event. Some lawmakers from opposition parties also boycotted the funeral. The controversy has several roots, with some accusing Kishida of unilaterally approving the funeral instead of consulting the parliament, and others resentful of a nearly $12 million price tag. It is also the legacy of Abe's divisive tenure, marked by persistent allegations of cronyism and opposition to his nationalism and plans to reform the pacifist constitution. Kishida government may have hoped to um, solemnity of the event attended by an estimated 4,300 including 700 invitees who would drown out the controversy. Abe worked to cultivate close ties with Washington to bolster the U.S.-Japan alliance and also, court, and also courted a stronger quad grouping of Japan, the United States, India, and Australia. Japan's emperor and empress are not attending as neutral national figures, but Crown Prince Akishino and his wife led mourners in offering flowers at the end of the service. And on trip, I don't know much about Japan, but whatever it is, I don't know. It's just it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a um, controversial kind of thing, but I can't say anything otherwise because well, I don't know much. I don't know much about Japan, but still, I'm hoping that everybody can be safe and hopefully people can try to be better. You know, that's why I want it. <laughs> we talk about the five other figure, the six other figures that were arrested. Cardinal Zen and five other pro-democracy figures have cases to answer over the 612 protesters fund Hong Kong court's rules. There is sufficient 
evidence against a 90-year-old Cardinal Joseph Zen and five of the Hong Kong Onomasi figures to justify a trial over the role in a defunct protesters' relief fund a magistrate has ruled. Zen, barrister Margaret Ng, ex-lawmaker Sid Ho, Scarlet Hui Poka, singer-activist Denise Ho, and Tsi Qingwei, stand accused of failing to register the 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund as a society. <laughs> they appear in front of Principal Magistrate Ada Yim at, West, at the West Kowloon Magistrate's Court for the second consecutive day, on Tuesday, when, the, when five persecution witnesses, including four police officers, were called to testify in court. The, per- the persecution also read out the, na- the full names of employees of Ted's company, E.T. Aqua Cons- Consultancy, saying that the fund had given the money to the firm to pay the salaries of over 20 people. One of those witnesses, a sergeant from the National Security Department of Police, said that, said that he would, had not seen all the fund's document, only those given to him by his superior. He also said that he had not paid attention to the sequence of the documents or the amounts of, in the transaction. Separately, the lawyer representing the cardinal asked a senior police inspector whether the funeral committee for the late Macau tycoon Stanley Ho and chief executive John Lee's offices were registered societies. However, the line of cross-examination was stopped by the persecution and the magistrate who questioned the relevance of whether other groups were registered societies. I want to know about the other group then, that's what I want to know. <laughs> Following the cross examinations of five witnesses, Yim ruled that the persecution has sufficient evidence to make a prima facie case against the defendants and that the group has a case to answer. The six defendants will not testify in court, nor they will call any witnesses the legal representative said. However, the defense said it would submit a number of legal arguments to the court, including interpretation of the society's ordinance. In response, Yim said that there were some groups that were exempt from registrations as societies, such as funeral committees. <laughs> if anyone died in the family, there had to be a funeral committee. They were gathered not because of an aim, but to complete something, Yim said and that she did not see it as an example of a society that required registrations. Yim requested the parties to file submissions on how a society will be def- should be defined under the ordinance and stressed that matters have to be dealt with using common sense. Quote unquote common sense. <laughs> Arguments on the legal defini- um, definition of office barrier of a society in the spirit of the ordinance were also requested by the magistrate. The trial will continue on October 26, which is close around a couple weeks. I have found I found out to be very uh, crazy what they're doing. I don't know what they're trying to punish here. I wonder how they're not punishing Pro Beijing to giving them <laughs> giving them other crap that they said. Two Hong Kong speech therapists. We talked about um the speech therapist multiple times already. Two Hong Kong speech therapists applied to challenge convictions over seditious over seditious children's books. Two Hong Kong speech therapists are set to challenge their convictions after they were jailed for 19 months each at, under the colonial era sedition law under the, uh, earlier this month. A local court ruled that they have conspired with three other people to publish a series of illustrated books about sheep and wolves 
that effectively quote-unquote brainwashed young readers with anti-China sentiment. The Department of Justice confirmed on Thursday that speech therapists Lori Lai and Samuel Chen submitted applications to apply for leave to appeal against their convictions, a hearing date has not yet been fixed. Lai and Chen are two of the five executive council members of the General Union of Hong Kong Speech Therapists who were convicted and put behind bars by, judge, by District Judge Gold White King in early September. The judge ruled that the group had conspired to print, publish, distribute, and display three books with seditious intent between June 2020 and July last year. <laughs> the books in question were said to have, have alluded to the 2019 anti extradition bill and rest the attention of 12 Hong Kong fugitives by, by Chinese authorities and a strike stage by Hong Kong medics at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. By implying that the Chinese government wore wolves and the Hong Kong sheep executive was a wolf who masqueraded as a sheep and was instructed by the wolf chairman, Kwok said the publishers did not recognize China's assumptions of sovereignty over Hong Kong. Readers who have maybe as young as four years old would have led to hate and cite their disaffections against the central authorities the court rule. Okay, really? I thought this book was mostly. I thought this book was mostly about the Chi- the Chinese government overruling everything and not letting them taking over power. Once the children in- internalize fear and hatred, Hong Kong would see the seed of instability being sown. Kwok said when he met out met nineteen months of imprisonment of Egypt to five defendants. Kwok had told Lai, who was the chairwoman of the union. That she would, she could fire a repeal if she disagreed with the verdict. After the speech therapist asked questions such as, "How free are we? Is freedom really free?" during the mediation, I I do love this question actually. The other speech therapists convicted, including the union external vice chair Melody Young, secretary Sidney Ng, and committee member Fong Ji Ho. The group have already spent around a year in custody before the case moved to trial, taking into account the time they spent in detention. They are expected to be released from from jail on October 10th, Hong Kong Free Press has learned. Now we don't know if they're actually gonna be free, but who knows? <laughs> they can change these 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 dang courts can change their convictions at any time. On Wednesday, an Instagram account Sheep Village 2.0 shared a link to a website where the PDF versions of three illustrated books about about sheep and wolves could be downloaded in Cantonese, English, and Mandarin. At least this is a good. I don't know what the book is. I might try to look at it. The page was operated by a group of Hong Kong educators, not based overseas. It is a biography on his biography on Instagram suggested. The group said they have accidentally obtained files of the three publications, which are described as banned books. Quote unquote. The group also created three new books based on the storyline of the sheep and wolves. Which will create a release on Saturday, China's National Day, which is tomorrow. We hope that the real history of Hong Kong can be seen and continue to be passed on. The illustrated books have become have become banned books in Hong Kong. Then let us then let us who are based abroad continue to promote them. Historical events that cannot be cannot easily be hidden. The Instagram post read. The group appealed for donations, which they would use to print the children's books. They had the entire operation is conducted overseas and has no connections with Hong Kong. In response to Hong Kong's 
Hunger Free Press inquiries, police cited Quark's judgment, which labeled the existing three books set in the Sheet Village as seditious publications. The sedition intent of these books not merely stemmed from their content, but also impact they could have on the minds of children, the police said, according to Quark. Please went on to say that anyone who prints, publishes, sells, distributes, displays, or reproduces seditious publication will be in breach of the sedition law. Anyone in possession of the seditious publications without lawful excuse is also guilty of an offense. Ridiculous. What Hong Kong has experienced in recent years is a strong proof that inciting behavior, speech, and publications could easily radicalize the, pub- the general public, which will eventually lead to a large-scale illegal and violent behaviors, terrorist acts, and behaviors endangering national security, police wrote in an email reply on Thursday evening. Considering the potential national security risk, they indeed need serious attentions. Listen, they really do, really. This is what the force that is. Police urge people to draw the line from illegal behavior that allegedly breaches the national security law and other laws to avoid unnecessary illegal risk. They also ask the people to contact the national security hotline and to have relevant information on the national security crimes. Oh, I thought they, that thing was going to report on people who who don't like them. I want to know about that. Where are they hiding? There's so much stuff going on in Hong Kong. And I do want to read it, of course. I'm not going to cover it up, of course. This one's... Yeah, I might as well read it. Hong Kong courts convicts two of taking part... In 2019, unlawful assembly, third man acquitted. A Hong Kong court has convicted two men of taking part in an unlawful assembly in a res- residential district in August 2019 during the anti-extradition bill protests. During their co-defendant, but their co-defendant was cleared of a charge after a magistrate ruled the prosecution had failed to prove to beyond ca- prove their case beyond reasonable doubts. Che Tin Ho, Ho Yang Ki, and Manti Fum appeared before Ma- Magistrate Lung Ga Ki at the, at the Eastern Magistrate Courts on Friday after the trio was put on trial over an unlawful assembly near the Taiko MTR station on August 11, 2019. The three were said to have taken part in an illicit gathering at, on Cornhill Road and Saiwan Ho when around 100 to 200 protesters congregated to block nearby roads that day. Some shone laser pointers at the police, while others chanted black cops and hurled objects at at police vehicles, prosecutors said. Chi, Ho, and, Ma, and Mang were arrested at the scene. When handing down the verdict, Lone ruled that Chi and Ho were dressed like and carrying equipment of protesters. Chi was said to have worn black head-to-toe, and have donned a black helmet and a respirator. The police who arrested Tse said when he saw the defendant standing in the front row of the pr- group of protesters, which the magistrate cited proof as he was not a passerby or a bystander. <laughs> Lone also cited the testimony of an officer who intercepted Tse on the day, saying the defense did not slow down or stop or stop even after the officer declared that he was a policeman and asked Tse not to run away. The accused was trying to flee the scene because he understood his behavior was unlawful, the court concluded. Ho, on the other hand, was said to have to have a helmet, gloves, umbrella, and other protest-related gear in his possession. 
It was impossible for the defenders to be unaware of an illegal assembly, the magistrate said, adding all circumstantial evidence suggested that the 21-year-old participated in an unlawful assembly. <laughs> the court acquitted Meng after, after police gave conflicting testimonies regarding his tire. The arresting officers had earlier unable to identify the defendants in court, while another officer said Meng wore a black helmet on the day, which did, did not match the yellow helmet seized on the day of the protest of the arrest. Persecutors did not present enough evidence to prove the allegations against Meng beyond reasonable doubts, Lung ruled. But the court also cast doubts on Meng's testimonies, in which he was on his way to meet his father's friends to obtain some medication and was subdued when he passed by the police the protest site. <laughs> the explanation was suspicious, as there was no urgency in obtaining the medicine, Lung said. The court was adjourned to October 14th for Ted and Ho to, facing tr- to face sentencing. Two more defendants in the case have been jailed for six months after pleading guilty to the charge. I don't know how long they're going to be stuck in there f- for quite a bit already. I don't know about you, I won't even stay in there for even forever. Without any reason whatsoever. <laughs> Chinese engineer. Great. Chinese engineer convicted in the U.S. of aiding spy agency. A Chinese man who entered the United States to study electrical engineering was found guilty of secretly providing information on possible recruitment targets to a Chinese espionage unit, the Justice Department said Tuesday. Ji Chao Chuan, 31, year, 31 years old, was convicted Monday of illegally acting as agents of the foreign government and making false statements after a two-week trial in Chicago. Thank God for arresting him. He faced up to 10 years in prison for illegal agent charge, which is sometimes referred to an espionage light, and case that might involve spying by people not directly employed by foreign agencies. G came to the U.S. on a student visa in 2013 and later enlisted in the Army Reserves. He was arrested in September 2018 on charges that he has supplied Chinese intelligence with biographical information about eight all-nationalized American citizens originally from China or Taiwan, and some of whom were U.S. defense contractors. According to the Justice Department, she did so in the direction of high-level intelligence officers in the Jiangsu, in the Jiangsu province, province Ministry of State Security, a Chinese intelligence unit frequently involved in U.S. activities. G's case apparently linked to Chinese efforts over several years to steal trade secrets from Ohio-based GE Aviations, one of the world's leading aircraft engine, engine manufacturers and other aviation companies, including U.S. military suppliers. Last year, a key figure in that effort, Xu Yangjun of the Jiangsu State Security Unit, was convicted in U.S. federal courts, not state court federal court of economic espionage and attempt theft of states of trade secrets. He faced up to 15 years in prison on an espionage charge and 10 years for the trade secret theft. He will be sentenced on November 15th. I'm hoping he be staying in prison for the rest of his darn life. He's a danger to everyone. Why can't you keep him in prison? I don't know. 
Maybe they're scared that they might cause problems with the Chinese government? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't even be afraid of the Chinese government. Hong Kong's only drink carton recycler may halt collections on Saturday amidst dispute with the government-backed landlords. What is going on now? Hong Kong's only drink carton recycler will have to halt collections from from Saturday unless it's government-backed landlords but, um, budgets on its decision not to re renew their leases, Mill Mills co-founder has said. Speaking to the press on Tuesday, Harold Yip denied the Hong, Hong Kong Science and Technology Parts Corporation's claims that both parts had agreed on a short-term lease in 2018 for the Yunlong Industrial Estates venue. If the agreement was only three years, three years all along, we have not invested $10 million in the first place, Yip said in a reference to the factory's startup cost. We were just a small and, small and medium-sized enterprise. The, hunk, the, the HKSTP might, not ha might have a huge PR team working for them, but I stopped my other duties just to deal with this. We have a lot. We have a lot to. We have a lot more to work on. If we really plan to expand our business to Singapore, Yip said, and that he was not interested in meeting with the with the HKSTP no anymore, and that the university professor from Singapore had invited Mill Mill to start a new project there. If Mill Mill were to close, Yip said, there would be a vacuum in Hong Kong's car drink cartons recycling industry that it might be difficult for, pe for people to rekindle the carton recycling habit. That the recycling entrepreneurs said, they would not give up. We see the recycling business in Hong Kong as a vacation. With the city's landfill new capacity, the government has set a target to gradually reduce per capita municipal solid waste by 40 to 45 percent and raise the recovery rate to, 50, to around 55 percent by encouraging recycling and charging for disposals. Albert Wong, the chief executive officer of Hong Kong, of Hong Kong STP, told the press on Tuesday that they have, been, they have been working hard to help secure information of Disposal Service Limited, Milmo's parent firm from the beginning. Wong said that they made it clear to the recycling firm that the initial lease was set to expire in three years by the end of 2021. And the Hong Kong STP has reminded their tenants in mid-2020. Mill Mill has said in, pre in previous statement, but it's two, but it's two co, that is two co-founders and the landlords will allow them to operate at least six years, at least six years when they rented the site in 2018. But Wong said, said he was confirmed with the Hong Kong SDP's existing staff that they have never made such an offer. During the business plan, they would have clearly worked out what they can do within three years. Wong said. After learning about the paper pulp mills relocation difficulties. Wong said they have granted a request for a year-long lease extension late last year. It is not the case that we are evicting them as soon as possible, as soon as the lease expires. When asked why the recycling plant must relocate so soon and how the, it, must, it may have struck industrial project nearby, the head of the reindustrialization at Hong Kong's STP, Yu Hinglung, told reporters that whatever a short-term lease is used, it means that there are existing plans in the background. However, the two, 
Hong Kong STP representatives did not give her details on how they plan to use a use the lot occupied by Bill Mill or whether where there is a a new tenant waiting, despite repeated questions. Reporters also questioned why Hong Kong's sold train carton recycler did not qualify for their long term lease at the Yung Long Inno Park, which was allowed which allowed them to operate longer or even until twenty forty seven. In response, Wong said there is still chance for Mill Mill to apply again as a long-term tenant. By then, he said the Hong Kong STP will evaluate whether the business meets the Parks 8 re reindustrialization guiding principles. <laughs> I guess if they really want really apply to rent a long-term lot, it is possible that they will work out, Wong added. Hong Kong said the Hong Kong STP will continue communications with the paper pulp mill and help them as soon as much as possible. He also confirmed that they mentioned in an email to Yip that a three-month grace period can be offered, and that it would be impossible for them to, ex to extend to three or f two to three years, at asked by Mill Mill. Last week, Mill Mill said it faced closure over the land dispute. A landlord over the landlord dispute. A green group estimated that two billion beverage would be sent to the local landfill annually if that was the case. While environmental authorities had offered alternative locations for the paper pulp mill to apply to apply for, co-founder Yip told Hong Kong Press that the suggested lots were either too expensive or unsustainable. It happens so much and I just feel I just feel so sad for these guys now. And I'm hoping that they can get themselves that can get themselves up and hoping that they can be better in the future. That's what I wanted. I want a better environment and that's what everyone wants, right? A better environment. Two um three more of the I guess three four more news of the old news from this week, so we're gonna cover that instead. Hong Kong delivery workers boycott five states over parking fines fears called for motorbikes uh, motorbike sports. Is that right? Spots. A group of Hong Kong delivery workers has stopped accepting orders from five private homing, housing estates in Kai Tak over fears of being ticketed for illegal parking. They have urged the estates to provide temporary motorcycle spots as public parking is unavailable nearby. Around 20 workers for the food, for the city's food delivery platforms met the met the press at, at Mukning Streets Kai Tak on Wednesday afternoon. The area is surrounded by a newly constructed private housing complex, but lacks a variety of restaurants close by, making it a busy food delivery spot. However, Ahmad, one of the delivery workers, told Hong Kong Press that the private housing estate did not allow them to park the motorcycles inside, as and there is no nearby public parking spot for motorcycle for motorbikes either. We don't have any solution. What do we do with the bikes? he asked, and that most residents are unwilling to come and collect their food at the gate. As a result, delivery delivery drivers risk being ticketed by the police for parking illegally whenever they deliver to the to customers in their area. At least they're trying to do their job and these idiot police hasn't put hasn't put that on the freaking bikes. It's ridiculous. For the for one delivery, we make hardly forty something dollars, and one ticket, if we get it, is three hundred twenty dollars. Sometimes, if the bike is on on double lines, it's four hundred and fifty dollars. Ahmad said, 
Where do these delivery guys get those kind of money? Where can how can these guys get these kind of money? They're not rich. That sounds ridiculous. Sue Paul, who worked as a full-time delivery worker for more than ten years, longer than I am, longer than some of these people who's young, the Hong Kong Free Press only motorbikes were blocked from the from the complexes, while delivery trucks and vans were allowed to enter. Unfair. Sometimes you cannot get in, even if you're offered to pay parking fees. It's really miserable, he said. According to a statement from the participating couriers, they have stopped delivering to estates, including, including but not limited to Vibe Central, K-City, Osis, Wang Kai Tak, and, and Victoria Sky, until they are willing to provide parking spots. I might estimate that around 60-70% of the few hundred riders in the local areas were boycotting the estates in question, but he admitted the message that had not been transmitted to everyone, and the rest were still working for customers in the concerned estates. He said they were only asking for enough spaces to park four to five bikes at the same time. Ms. Wong, who worked in the area, told Hong Kong Press that she supported the delivery camp- workers' campaign. They need to make a living as well, she said. Hugh Paul told Hong Kong Free Press that the police frequently patrolled the area for illegal parking, and that, that and he some, has sometimes seen officers issuing tickets three there four times a day. Amasa his cousins were once ticketed in twice a day, and another time the next day when delivering the nearby estate. In two days, maybe he made two thousand dollars, and almost one almost eleven hundred dollars went only for the tickets he sent. A police spokesperson for Hong Kong Press that more than fourteen thousand fixed penalty tickets were issued at the at the Ngao Kok division from June to August. Seven hundred and seventy two of them in the area and they're in question Moklong Street, Mukning Street, Mukon Street, and Muktai Street. Police will take enforcement against illegal parking to ensure smooth flow of traffic and road and, and road safety in relevant areas, the spokesperson said. If it results people in part results people going give out delivery, then maybe that may be a cre- a reason. I don't know. According to Aman, the two major food delivery platforms in Hong Kong, Food Panda and Deliveroo, used to offer up to 640 com- um, compensations per month for riders who were ticketed for illegal parking. But the policy was abolished a few years ago, which I found out to be incredibly ridiculous. Ahmad said he hoped the two companies could help to negotiate with the management of the estate in question to offer parking spots as requested. Paul said that Delivero has scheduled me to ask Telford Plaza, a shopping mall in Kowloon Bay, to provide temporary parking spaces for delivery workers on motorcycles. Al Gawain, the Writers' Rights Concern Group, good name actually, to Hong Kong Free Press, that writers have started their boycotting campaign last Friday. Great job. And had contacted two platforms as well as, well as the property management department of the concerned states. However, Deliveroo had not replied. While Food Panda said it will get back to workers late, get back to the workers later. Also, responding to an inquiry from Free from Hong Kong Free Press, a Deliveroo spokesperson said that the company was aware of the issue and proactively contacted contacted relevant property management and entities to better understand the situations and seek appropriate solutions. It also had has shared writers' concern with relevant government departments and organizations, the spokesperson said. 
When asked if any unfavorable consequences will follow the Corio boycotting campaign, a spokesperson said every deliverable writer is free to accept or reject any order based on their personal considerations. Food Panda told Hong Kong Free Press it had written to and called housing estates and property management units in the Kai Tak area requesting to del- allow delivery drivers to temporarily park their vehicles within designated areas. According to the delivery platforms, OCS had a 15-minute temporary parking arrangement for delivery workers, although there is no, no such similar arrangement at the, f- at the other four states. If we do not receive a response from them regarding our request, we do not rule out the possibility of suspending our delivery service to that building until we can ensure that our courier can deliver orders safely and legally. Good job, you guys are smart people. At least they know how to stand up, at least for once, for goodness sake. And at least three more news about the about this week, and then we might talk about something else. Hong Kong's pro-democracy party contacted by police about national about plans for China's national national day. One of the Hong Kong's last active pro-democracy parties, the League of Social Democrats (LSD), has said some members received phone calls from national security police asking if they have plans to hold activities on Saturday, China's national day. Tom Poying, chairperson of the LSD, told Hong Kong Free Press on Wednesday that she has received a call from a national security police officer warning the group not to do anything on a sensitive date. I found it ridiculous. She said the party have already decided that, unlike previous year, it will not be organizing any activities on the anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. Before the COVID-19 pandemic and enactment of the national security law in 2020, Rallies and demonstrations were often held on October 1st in Hong Kong. We have accessed the situation. The law is very ambiguous. Even if, even if we abide by the COVID-19 gathering, COVID-19 group gathering limits and ruled under the public order ordinance, we don't know whether they use other laws to arrest us like sedition, Chan said. LSD- LSD external external vice person Dixon Chow said National Security Police also contacted him at around 1 p.m. on Tuesday. They begin they begin with some friendly greetings and then ask if the LSD will do anything on October 1st. Chow told Uncle Press. They asked me if the other group would. I said I didn't know I hadn't heard. They didn't they, they did not say not to hold any activities or that it would be legal to under illegal too under the national security law, he said, but they were concerned about whether we had plans. Chen said that at least five members of the of the parties had received calls from the national, secu- national security police asking similar questions. LOC is one of the Hong Kong's only active, the only, the only pro-democracy parties that continues to speak out, accepting media interviews and occasional holding street booths. In recent years, on October 1st, members of the group marched toward the Golden Bania Square outside the Hong Kong Convention Exhibition Center in Wan Tai to, in- to voice their political demands. Saturday marks the 73 years since the formal establishment of the People's Republic of China. The upcoming anniversary will be the first time in years that the group does not march. I'm pretty sad that they don't do it. Last year, dozens of police surrounded four members of the part abiding by COVID-19 gathering rules as it did an annual walk. What well, they can't. The group called for 
for the release of political prisoners in Hong Kong, including the 47 Democrats charged under the national security law in connection with the unofficial primary elections in July 2020. This is not the first time that the national security police have cautioned the LSD to lay low on key dates. Ahead of July 1st, the anniversary of Hong Kong's return to China rule, police searched the homes of LSD members and warned them not to hold any protest activities. Former LSD chairman Avery Ng told Hong Kong Press at the time that he and other LSD members were being monitored by the, by the authorities, with people he believed to be police officers stationed near his home. He wrote on social media three days before the anniversary that he was in prison, but clarified he was not under house arrest. Tanner was traditionally a day of protest for pro-democracy groups, when crowds of Hong Kongers would take to streets chanting political slogans and holding up placards. The political pressure we felt when the police and please warn us about the July 1st is still here. The space for us is becoming more and more narrow, Chow said. He added that when a group held a street boost to express their wishes for Chief Executive John Lee's policy address at the end of the month, police officers from the Food and Environmental Health Department confiscated banners on the grounds that it would offend the prohibition on display of bills or posters without permission and provision of the ordinance. According to the LSD, Facebook post about the incident, around 30 officers surrounded the booth and fenced off with orange tape. I don't know why they keep doing this, but we'll talk more on the second half. Welcome back. Of course I talked about already about the LSD. I don't know why the communist governments are trying to bar them from even doing anything. And we're going to continue on the trial, so Hong Kong's activist Benny Tai neutral on sentencing timeline and subversion case as 16 code fans sit in on hearing. Former law professor Benny Tai, one of 29 Hong Kong pro-democracy figures who have pled guilty to the subversion charge, had indicated that he is neutral on sentencing timeline in the city's largest national security case. Tai appeared before designated national security judge Andrew Chan, Wilson Chan, and Johnny Chan on Wednesday to discuss matters linked to this mitigation, mitigation and sentencing. 16 of his co-defendants were also in attendance to observe the proceeding. The 58-year-old has played guilty to play a role, playing a role in an alleged conspiracy to commit subversion involving a total of 47 Democrats. Representative Tai, who used to teach law at the University of Hong Kong Senior Counsel Stuart Wong, told the court that some of the accused have indicated that they would rather be sentenced before the trial of their 18 co-defendants who have denied the charge. Tai, however, was neutral on when the mitigation and sentencing would should take place. Wong said adding that, Ta, that Tai's oral mitigation would be completed within two hours. Tai could face up to life imprisonment over the subversion charge. The Beijing imposed security law sets out the three-level penalty subject to the nature of the offense and the suspect in culpability. It remains unclear which level of punishment the High Court may impose on the Democrats. Ty's co-defendants, Arnold King, 35 years old, and Ben Chum, 33, were brought before the three-judge pan- three panel around an hour after his appearance. Their lawyers, La- Valerie, Valerie Chen, said the pair preferred to be sentenced after their co-defendants have stood trial in that, in that mitigation would last between two to three hours in total for both. 
The allegation revolves around the unofficial primaries held in July 2020 that aims to help the opposition camps select candidates that will help them to win a majority in an upcoming legislative election. If elected, the Democrats were said to have intended to abuse their powers, quote-unquote, as lawmakers to veto budget bills, paralyze government operations, and eventually force the chief executive to resign. I mean, isn't that what lawmakers do? That's like having that's like having us the condemning us for not voting on anything. Ridiculous. Ty and all were said to have organized the primates along with former district councilor Andrew Chiu, who's also who has also pled guilty to the charge. The prosecution has said the trio had advocated for their agenda publicly uh, publicly in an attempt to justify its illegality. More specifically, Todd coordinated the signing of an agreement by candidates of the primaries in which they agreed to indiscriminately veto the government budget and compelled the chief executive to respond to protest demand, protesters' demand, prosecutors said during, during a hearing in June, in June. The Democrats have also reached a consensus that only the top five candidates who secured the highest number of votes in the primaries could stand in the actual legislative elections. And those who have lost should rally their voters to back other opposition candidates in the official polls. On the other hand, help liaise the holding the holding of election forums in, according to persecution case. They held the primaries, which is a vital step in the course of achieving their common goals of mutual instructions, led persecutor Andrew Lowe said in June. Sixteen other defendants attended the hearing on Wednesday, including Joshua Wong. Eddie Chu, Rory Tam, Winnie Yu, Karen Ng, Claudia Mo, Tiffany Yen, who was seated inside the dock, other Democrats including Gordon Ng, Ventus Lau, Wu Ji Wai, Frankie Fum, Fergus Lun, Owen Chow, Ng Ding Wai, Henry Wong, and Gary Fan sat at, at what would normally be the jury's bench. Most of the defendants present present and Wednesday hearing have been held in custody for 19 months. Since they were detained, since they were detained by police on February 28th last year, they were later denied bail on national security grounds following a four-day marathon bail hearing in early March. Only 13 of the 47 are currently on bail. Persecutors have told the, car- the high court that it would be proper to adjourn the sentencing of the 29 d- Democrats who have pled guilty until the trial of until after the trial of 18 others in order to evaluate the scope of the alleged conspiracy and the defendant's individual guilt. But defendants Ventus Lau argued such a move may be unfair to the accused as they may be end up detained for longer than the jail term they will ultimately be given. Our defendants also cite anxiety while in detention and asking the court to sentence them as soon as possible. Wednesday hearing marked the end of the first round of case management hearing for the high-profile case. The high court will meet the rest of the Democrats in early November, according to the court's diary. How long are they going to keep them there? They must be, keep, they must be sentenced them to life in prison without parole if they want to keep them dead there. The trial of the 18 Democrats who have pled not guilty has yet to be scheduled, but Secretary for Justice Paul Lamb has ordered, def- ordered the group to be tried without jury, which is turned into an unfair, unfair trial. He cited the alleged involvement of foreign of foreign elements as a reason to depart from the common law tradition, um, as well as concerns over personal safety of jurors 
and their family members, and the risk of perverting a court's justice. If the trial is conducted with a jury, it will be unfair for people like the Democrats who can be suffering in prison for the rest of their freaking lives. What, are, what is the government going to do about it? Nothing, because they don't care. Okay, that's what the problem is. Police record, police record identify of handfuls of Hong Kongs marking the 8th anniversary of the Umbrella Movement. Hong Kong police carried out, carried out identity checks of at least four people who went, who went to Admiralty on Wednesday to mark the 8th anniversary of the Umbrella Movement. The civil disobedience campaign is seen as a precursor to the 2019 unrest. A handful of people showed up outside the government's headquarters on Wednesday, some marking a moment of silence at 5.58 p.m., the time when the officers fired the first round of tear gas at student protesters gathering at Harcourt Road on September 28, 2014. Two yellow umbrellas, a symbol of the movement, were opened and placed near the foot of the stairs to the footbridge. During the 2014 protest, the adjacent wall bore a colorful mosaic a post-it notes with proto-Marxian messages and was known as the Lenin Wall, which is taken from the Lenin Wall that was used around, around, around Europe, particularly Ger- Germany. Shortly after, four police officers arrived and questioned some of the present, including two people who picked up the umbrellas and packed them away. An officer was heard asking a woman why she had an umbrella when, it's not ra- when it was not raining. Officers tore down um, took down the identity of at least four people, including two, the two with the umbrellas and two others who were there was there to mark the anniversary. One woman told Hong Kong Press that the woman that the police warned her of breaching COVID nineteen gathering rules, but did not find her. The twenty fourteen pro umbrella movement was a seventy nine day long pro democracy civil disobedience campaign that saw protesters call for the right to elect their own leaders. They have a right to protest outside the street like that. Thousands occupied roads around around the legislature and two other key districts following a sit following a student sit-in with a scene of protests making headlines internationally. Leading figures of the Marchi peaceful movement were jailed in the years following the police clearance, even though the release afterward. <clears throat> Pro-democracy supporters typically gather outside the government's headquarters on the anniversary of the movement start date. In 2017, activists used sound effects and myths to recreate the, mom- the moments police respond-, respond to protesters with tear gas. It is quite sad, actually. The use of crowd control agents marked the first time it deployed in the city since 2005, when police used tear gas to disperse South Korean farmers who have come to Hong Kong to protest against the World Trade Organization. Such gatherings however, have been muted in the past two years under the security law and COVID curbs. A, handful of, a small handful of people marked the 6th anniversary under heavy rains in 2020, while last year a lone pro-democracy supporter's elderly activist, Grandma Wong, showed up. In response to Hong Kong Press, police officers noted while patrolling the group of people gathering outside outside to Timmy Avenue, where the government's headquarters are located, Police officers reminded people at the scene to comply with the regulations under the Prevention and Control of Disease Ordinance, police added. Those who turned up in Admiralty on Wednesday evening told Hong Kong Press before police arrived 
that they did not wish to forget what happened in 2014. Some people have moved on, but not us, a man who asked to be identified as Fi said. Without 2014, there wouldn't have been an anti-extradition bill protest in 2019, as real Hong Kongers should, we should remember. Fi added that a small, small turnout of people reflected the starry state of Hong Kong today. Foreign the political development has largely silenced pro-democracy expressions, but I understand that I'm not upset. I believe Hong Kongers in their hearts will continue to support the pro-democracy cause. Another, another woman who have asked to be called Miss Wong said she came to Admiralty to mark the anniversary almost every year. She said she came down to the protest site in 2014 to show her support to the young people who were camping there. The umbrella movement seeded something in the law of Hong Kongers. It was a reawakening that co- that caused a lot of people to care about Hong Kong and to be concerned that Hong Kong to be concerned about Hong Kong, she told Hong Kong Free Press. It's actually pretty a good mo it's pretty good for them to remember and I'm happy that they at least remember it. South Exile Hong Kong Democrat Ted Huey sentenced to three three and a half years in jail in absentia. Hong Kong's High Court has sentenced former democracy pro democracy lawmakers Ted Huey in absentia to three and a half years in prison for contempt of court after fleeing overseas while on bail. Hui, who is now in Australia, was not represented in court. Hui, who was found guilty of four counts of contempt of court in June, was sentenced by, by Judge Andrew Chen from the National Security Law on Thursday morning. Hui was given permissions to travel overseas while on bail by two judges, enabling him to leave the city in November 2020 on the pretext of attending a climate change meeting in Denmark. Authorities later said Hui enlisted the help of the Danish legislature to draft a bogus initiatory and an invitation letter to facilitate his flight. Chen on Thursday said the ex-lawmakers had carefully orchestrated his exceptions of the police and the court by providing them with false documents. Public confidence in the administrations of, of justice had been greatly undermined as the results of Hui's offenses, he said. Respondents' actions not only made a mockery of the criminal justice system, but also mounted the commissions of the offense of perverting course of public justice, China added. After considering the seriousness of the case, the consequences of weight evasions and its impact on the, on the criminal justice system passed criminal contempt cases in Huey showing no remorse after his convictions. Chen sentenced Huey to jail, to jail for three years and six months in his absence. Chen also demanded Huey to pay for the cost of proceedings and the indemnity basis. The prosecution said it would fire a warrant of committal for the court to order Huey to serve his sentencing. After learning of his sentencing, Huey told Hong Kong first that he despised the court's decision. Let Hong Kong courts sentence the error and allow the world to see the madness of the incompetence of Hong Kong authorities, he added. <clears throat> he said, adding that he will continue to openly hold the city's judiciary in contempt and fight for Hong Kong's freedoms. Before Huey fled the city, he was on bail pending nine criminal charges. He told authorities that he would return to Hong Kong after a poor duty visit to Denmark. But days after he left the city on November 30th, 2020, Huey announced that he would not return. He then traveled to the UK and sent relocated to, to Australia. 
Since his departure, Quay has been slapped with additional charges of secession and collusion with foreign forces under the Beijing's imposed national security law, as well as those relating to allegedly inciting Hong Kongers to boycott the 2021 legislative polls after the city's election overhaul. I feel like we have the right to boycott, no matter what. We don't care about what they are trying to tell us. Okay, we're fighting for what we want. We're fighting for what we can get our freedom and democracy in Hong Kong and maintain it under the basic law that Beijing's have already been violated and it's been violated for almost a year already. Family of man who died after being found in a home home station toilet considers legal actions against MTR. Family members of a 66 year old man who was found unconscious in an MTR station toilet have later and later died, has said they were considering taking legal actions against the transport company after the dissatisfying investigations by the corporations. We did a video on we did a uh, talk about this. Hui, a retired civil servant, was found unconscious in an accessible toilet next to the woman's toilet in Hong Kong Station on July 20th and was pronounced dead at Queen Elizabeth's Hospital that night. We did talk about this as well. In a letter sent to Hui's family in August, the MTR's corporation said that they, that the emergency call button an accessible toilet that Hui was found and found and was faulty. However, the company said they have no records of when the when the button broke and whether Hui has pressed the button that day. According to the MTRC, a staff member had instructed a cleaner in accordance with the usual practice to look for Hui in the station's bathrooms after receiving the first call from the f- man's family. However, due to the gap in the communication, the, the cleaners only focused on searching the men's toilet and accessibility toilet next to it. It did not check the women's toilet, nor the accessibility toilet next door, the letter read. In this area, our search efforts were lacking the letter read. The corporation said that there is no there is room for improvement in its communication with the Hui's family. MTRC said as part of the series of follow-ups and improvement work, the companies had checked all emergency call buttons in the stations and installed motion defector detectors and accessible toilets in which they will automatically alert the stations if a, if a user does not move for a while. Hui's family, in response, published through the Democratic Party, said that the MTRC was, sh- was, shirking, was shirking responsibility. And I think they have the right to say it, but according to the pro-democracy party, the family said the corporations have put responsibility on a cleaner, and when it been a duty of the, of the station staff to patrol the station and deal with such incident, the company did not mention that the fact that staff members have misled the family by saying that all toilets station has been checked when they're not have been. Which Brandman is considering to file a civil suit as a corporation has yet to respond to them. The MTRC had told Hong Kong Free Press on Thursday that it has nothing to further to supplement at this stage, MTRC tries best to investigate the incident, have made the had and made suggestions on improvements. The companies explained to the family on mid-August in accordance with the internal investigation, and apologized for be, for not being able to help finding these seats in time. This is the most irresponsible company ever. Why is it irresponsible? Well, money. We expect. <clears throat> Racism toward Hong Kong's ethnic minorities, food delivery workers, rose during COVID-19 survey fines. It's been—it's not a new thing. It's been happening for quite a bit, right? 
the racial discrimination faced by Hong Kong ethnic minorities, food delivery workers worsened during the COVID-19 pandemic, his survey has found. Workers also suffer from shrinking income and welfare, with many being unaware of their rights. Pretty sad that CBC is happening still. After collecting questionnaires from 106 food delivery workers between March and May, and discussing with 37 ethnic minority workers and, fo- and focus groups, um, researchers from Lingnan University and the Catholic D- um, DOCC of um, Hong Kong's Diocesan Pastoral Center for Workers, Kowloon, shared their findings with the press on Friday morning. Half the respondents said they had encountered discriminations with racially aggressive acts, ranging from body languages to verbal abuse and swearing. The interviewees said said they were felt belittled and humiliated. Among the respondents who had lived in Hong Kong for a considerable number of years, the minor- majority said that racial discrimination has worsened since the onset of COVID-19. Lisa Lung, an associate professor of the Linnan Department of Cultural Studies, said the social stigma and media portrayal of COVID, of COVID outbreaks among South Asian groups in the early months of 2021 created a collective inf- image that ethnic minority groups were virus carriers. As a result, some users of, of food delivery apps left messages such as, No South Asian writers, please, on the platforms. What jerk. All delivery com- companies have pledged to suspend accounts involving racial discrimination. Notice that the incident showed the stereotypes against minorities remain deeply rooted in Hong Kong. Peter, a Pakistani delivery worker who did not provide his full name, told reporters that he experienced similar circumstances of discrimination due to work. In one case, when he saw a saw Peter approaching a father of two, shouted to certain, Get away, get away, there's disease coming. What the heck is wrong with that father? Who are you teaching here? Even though I'm wearing a mask and everything, you're still scared. Is it really the disease? Or is it because I'm an ethnic minority, Peter said, adding that sometimes residents would avoid getting into the same lift with him, which I found out to be very sick. That is, that is very disrespectful. I think nobody would like to be treated like that, Peter And I agree, no one wants to be treated like that. Apart from discriminations, the survey also found that many ethnic minority delivery workers were unaware of their rights under their current contact, contracts or insurance plans. About 30% of respondents told researchers that they did not know about the type of contract they had, while nearly 20% said they were not aware of whether there, were, there was a contract to begin with. Additionally, 44.7% said they were not they didn't have any insurances, <clears throat> with 25.5% saying they were not aware of the presence of or the need of insurance. However, food delivery platform Food Panda's insurance policies apply to all of its active independent contractors, while its major competitors in, in the city, Deliveroo, says insurance covers all riders in Hong Kong who provide delivery services. The interviewee told Learn that it took two or three years to receive an insurance payout if a delivery worker is involved in an accident. As such, notions that workers will have to pay for their medical expenses has been widely shared amongst ethnic minority delivery workers, she said. It actually reflected the kind of insurance payment system to basically discourage them to bargain for, 
or ask for something that they were entitled to. When Mr. M, who declined to give his name, lost his job in tourism three years ago, becoming a food delivery driver was was the only options that offer flexible hours and enough income to provide for his family of six. But nowadays, he told reports that writers have to work continuously for 12 to 13 hours to get to get the same salary they used to earn in 8 or 9 hours. On Monday, Food Panda announced that it had launched a new distance calculations method, which takes references to the actual distance travel by a writer instead of a, of a linear delivery distance. It was one of the company's promised changes after some 300 Food Panda workers went on strike in 2021. Nevertheless, M said the wages he received actually went down after the change. Newsep, a, tri- a trip from Panama to Kokawan, to Elements example, he said he used to get he used to get seventy five dollars from the delivery, but now was paid forty nine dollars. Another delivery worker, Mr. S, said that there were few staff benefits as well. S, who who requested an amenity said he has been a writer for over eight years and that a welfare benefits such as fuel subsidies, meal coupons, and parking tickets compensations have been stripped from workers one by one. I found out to be very unfair. Now there is nothing left, he said in Cantonese in conclusion. In light of their findings, the researchers urges delivery platforms to give the, to make their wages calculations method more transparent and easy to understand for workers. They also call on labor unions on labor and welfare bureau to step up its monitoring and control over the self-employment system adopted by these companies. In addition, they said food delivery firms should make their, their mobile applications more user-friendly for non-Chinese users, such as providing translation of clients' Chinese addresses as well as translating Chinese complaints to allow readers to effectively respond to anything that could affect their ratings. In response to Hong Kong Free Press inquiry, a delivery role spokesperson said it operates a zero tolerance policy in regards to racism towards its writers. Should there be any discrimination incidents within our ecosystems, we would immediately investigate the event and take appropriate actions to prevent it from its happen from it happening in the future. This is what according to a spokesperson said. The delivery platform also said it offers insurances coverage to its riots around the world since 2018, and it's also is always searching for the most suitable perks, such as fuel and restaurant restaurant offers. Food Panda to Hong Kong Press that it has a mechanism in place to protect its delivery fleet against discrimination. It said it proactively investigate every instance of alleged discrimination and would make and request customers who'd made discriminatory remarks to remove them. Any necessary action will be taken immediately, as per usual practice, it added. The delivery platform said they employed staff who were, who were proficient in Hindi and Punjabi to assist as South Asian writers to tackle potential language barriers. Fupenet added that it had worked with few companies such as Esso and Shell, as well as shops from other business sectors, to offer benefits to its writers. As for the new delivery distance calculation method that went on that went that went live on Thursday, the company said it would need more time to collect relevant data and writers' feedback. But the, but the delivery platforms said the new system did not have any impact on the minimum order service fee. Hunger Press had reached out to the Labor and Welfare Department for comment. 
Yeah, like, if they're gonna comment anything. Like, if they're gonna help with anything at all. Then the government, they don't care. And one final news for today. Hong Kong, Hong Kong's media tycoon Jimmy Lai's bid to hire UK lawyer for national security law case opposed by Justice Minister. Hong Kong's media tycoon Jimmy Lai's request to hire a lawyer from the UK had been opposed by Justice Minister and Barrister Groups as the national security, as the national security trial against the founder of the defunct pro-democracy newspaper Apple Daily is set to begin in December. Lai, 74, did not appear in court on Friday because of medical conditions. High Court ju- Judge S. Furto, who presided over the session along with, ju- with Judges Susanna Damada of uh, Ramidos and, and Alex Lee, said, The immediate tycoon faces four charges, two counts of conspiracy to collude with foreign countries or external elements, one count of collusion with foreign forces, one count of conspiracy to print, publish, sell, Offer for offer sell, distribute, display, and or reproduce seditious publications. Lai's trial is set to begin on December first, with six other former employees of Next Digital and Apple Daily set to plead guilty in the case. Three companies: Apple Daily Limited, Apple Daily Printing Limited, and AD and AD Internet Limited stand accused of the same conspiracy to commit collusion with foreign forces. And conspiracy to print to print seditious publication charges. Those of the court would not entertain any applications to adjourn the trial over the dispute of journalistic materials and urge both parties to adhere to deadlines to file submission. The 74-year-old filed an appeal against the court decision to uphold a national security search warrant, which would allow the police to look into journalistic materials usually protect protected from the pol- from police search and seizure on his two phones. The police commissioner also disputed over 8,000 claims of journalistic or, legal, or legally privileged materials made by lie. Senior counsel Robert Pang said that, said that following, following a, ru- a ruling from High Court Judge Wilson Chen on Friday morning on a, substan- a substantial of materials deemed as not journalistic or legally privileged could be released and reviewed by the police. The persecution represented by the by Deputy Director of Public Persecution Special Duties, Anthony Chow, said on Friday that they would try their best to include every ev- any evidence found on Lai's phone during trial and said that he hoped that the defense would not complain about the last-minute filing of evidence. Pong also revealed in court that Lai's team had applied to hire a senior trial lawyer from the King's Council in the UK for the case. King's Council, the equivalent to the senior council in Hong Kong, must be granted permission before they were allowed to represent the clients in Hong Kong's court. However, Pang said the application was opposed by both the Secretary for Justice and the Hong Kong Bar Association, and that the team was still waiting for, for the court decision. The Department of Justice told Hong Kong Press on Friday evening that he would not comment on individual cases which were subject to court proceedings. The Hong Kong Bar Association told Hong Kong Press that well-established criteria for many overseas counsel on an ad hoc base are not met. Come on. Counsel for, Hong, for the Hong Kong, Hong Kong Bar Association would, will make a full submission to the, to the court in the relevant applications, Hong, Hong Kong's Bar Association responsibility. Lai was remanded in custody in December 2020 and has been sentenced to 20 months in prison over the other protest-related cases. Is this a punishment? I want to know about that. 
why are they doing this? I don't know what the heck is going on. Why can't they just release them like a normal person would? And I'm hoping that one day, Hong Kong can be free and they don't have to deal with the stupid bogus charges. And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our regular podcast. And as me now, my radio show for um, Richard will be on hold for any uh, for, will be on hold until further notice, as there is a couple things I gotta deal with. But we will continue talking. We will continue to do a podcast every Monday and Friday. And thank you for tuning in, guys. And that's it for today. Hope you guys. And thank you for tuning in, guys. And we'll talk more next time. And this is Team Cat on my radio signing out. Please stay safe and hope you guys have a great day. Cat host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Cat host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.